0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. You want to guarantee that you will win at life. You want to guarantee to live winning. And I've got it for you. And I know that the moment I say that, you're going to think that it's a gimmick, that I have some self-help book that I want to sell. I don't, um, but it's not a gimmick. Here's the key. It's gonna be this, refocus your focus on what is real winning. There you go, end of the sermon. All of you hope you have an awesome day. Hope, thank you for joining us online. Thank you for tuning in. Refocus your focus on what is true winning. Because if you live your life winning, and you climb the ladder of success, only to discover that your ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. You spent your whole life not winning, and so really, it's refocusing your focusing on getting your ladder on the right wall. And then it won't matter how cl- how far you climbed up the ladder, because your life will matter because your ladder was against the right wall. So you got to refocus your focus on what is real winning. So. Um, the weather is getting nicer and so I got my boys outside and um, Daniel, he's six and so he's starting to like want to get into baseball a little bit. And so, I mean, I played a little bit of baseball mostly in high school and so, you know, I got the little t-ball balls and I'm starting to soft toss them to him and he's getting, he's getting kind of good. Like he can he can take the bat and he can hit the ball. So I'm getting excited. and But, but then, the thing is, every once in a while when he gets a good hit, he gets like real... Arrogant, and he'll like literally be like, he'll be like talking trash, like you see that, look at that, and he'll like he'll be running around the yard, and I'm like, all right, all right. I, mean, I pitched a little bit in high school, so I'm like doing the full windup. I'm like, all right, stand there, you ready? <laughs> Boom, you know, I'm like gonna beat him right in the head, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know where, don't, don't report me. But, uh, you know, the ball goes like flying through the yard, bounces over the fence. The dog next door neighbor uh, is eating it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a goof, right? Um, and, and then we're spreading mulch. I got a delivery of mulch, putting mulch out in the yard, you know, in the, in the flower beds. And uh, I had the minivan parked in a place I needed it moved. And so I'm telling my boys, I got to move the minivan. And they always like to jump on my lap and pulling it out of the driveway. Well, this time, he didn't, Daniel didn't want to jump in the minivan. He goes, Daddy, give me the keys. I'll move it. <laughs> he, he's six. I said, Daniel, your feet don't even reach the pedal. He goes, I, I got it. I'll, I'll figure it out. I said, yeah, you're not going to figure it. Cars aren't the kind of thing like you like, figure it out. So here it is. You want you want to guarantee success on the baseball diamond behind the wheel, in your finances, in your marriage, in life, there's a key. Believe it or not, there's a lot of research done about how you can guarantee success in those areas of your life. So uh, there was a psychologist, Anders Erikson, uh, did research on specifically looking at violinists. Now, why they chose violinists, I don't know, but uh, they, they followed these students that went through a, an elite violinist academy in Europe. And what they discovered is there's three categories of Students, after they graduate, some of them ended up being teachers, no offense to teachers, but uh, in this particular academy, those that, uh, that landed at the kind of lowest level, all they were capable of doing was teaching. Again, no offense, please, please hear me, this isn't my study, someone else's, uh, blame Anders Erikson. You can uh, cancel them, all right? But the, the second group were people who were performers, but not world-class performers. Uh, and, and then the third group was these world-class violinists. And what they discovered was the difference was world-class put in 10,000 focused hours. And so the conclusion they discovered was that winning is talent plus hard work. Winning is talent plus hard work. And you can pretty much win at anything if you put in 10,000 focused hours. And so what's separating Daniel from a baseball career is both talent and hard work. I'm kidding. <laughs> Someday he's gonna listen to this and be like, seriously, dad? you throw me under the bus when I'm six years old? All right. Um, there has to be a certain entry level, uh, a certain quality of talent. But then here's what happened, right? These different violinists got, all got into the academy because they were elite uh, in their talent. But what they found was those at the, at the base level, they put in uh, about 4,000 focused hours of practice. The next group, those that were performers but not world-class, put in between six and 8,000 hours of focused work. And then every one of the elite violinists uh, who were performing at a world-class level all had put in at least 10,000 focused hours. That's doing nothing else for five years full-time, and you will become world-class. This is true of elite criminals, um, people who are elite in their profession, a skilled hobby, a sport, any profession, 10,000 focused hours. So what's the conclusion? The, The conclusion is that you do have to have a certain basic level or certain basic level of talent, but it's really, it's not the talent that gets you somewhere winning. It is that it's hard work piled on the talent that actually brings about winning. Okay, but we we live in an instant success culture. And so what do you do when you live in an instant success culture and you're not getting instant success? So I'm gonna illustrate it with another one of my own personal stories. So the other day, my microwave mid cooking stopped. Now it didn't happen to me, it happened to Laura. And so she calls me, Patrick, the microwave stopped. I'm like, what, what'd you do? Like like every good husband, (laughs) it's not my fault. It didn't happen on my watch. I don't know what you did. So I, I'm looking at, and so I, <laughs> I, I, I did what anybody who owns a microwave does. It's a microwave. We should get microwave service. So I called the company. I was like, hey, I, I, need, a, I need a repairman out, like right now. It's Friday evening. I can't go the whole weekend without a microwave. So I called them, and I realized very quickly that I was not going to get any help. Like the earliest they were going to send me, but they were going to send somebody. I was going to have to pay for it. Um, was Monday, and, and so I, when I got to go three days without a microwave, so now I'm frustrated, and I'm thinking, man, we're not going to survive, like we're going primitive here, like we got to have, have a campfire outside to heat and to cook our food. Uh, so, you know, so here, here's the thing. So I was like, I have nothing to lose. Cause at the end of the day, what I'm gonna do is, is it's gonna cost me as much as to buy a new microwave as to wait for this repairman to come. So I'm just gonna go to the store and buy a new microwave. So I have nothing to lose other than to try to fix it on my own. So I did again, what everybody else does. I just Googled, uh, how do you fix this microwave? And I found a YouTube video. I watched a five minute YouTube video and I know how to now fix your microwave. Crazy enough, a little tiny, one dollar and 44 cent fuse. I tore my whole microwave apart. I found a little fuse. I pulled it out. I f- drove all across this area and found the only microwave fuse left in all of the uh, stores on Friday night. I came home, stuck it in, put it all back together and my microwave worked. <laughs> Crazy, right? Okay, thank you, thank you. But he- here's my point, right? When you own a microwave, you want microwave results. And I didn't get microwave results. And then I'm getting frustrated because my results did not match the product. Mm. Okay. So what happens is we have dreams. We have passions for winning. And we want our dream to happen now. I want, I want the result, I want to be able to call on the phone, I want to be able to go on the computer, and I want to be able to get the results I want right now, and I want the, I want the results to match the product. So I, 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 want my, I want the financial results. This is why, you know, was it Coin? Who, I, I don't even know who makes this stuff I actually think it was made up as a joke, it really was. Uh, they were trying to make fun of Bitcoin, they made Coin, and now it's going crazy. Um, this is why GameStop exploded, why people play the lottery, right? What they want is instant results, uh, that, to things that are a little more complicated. So Jesus, before he died, did a series of teachings about how to win at life. So... in in this chapter that I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna go through a a story in Matthew chapter 25, but what precedes it is two other stories. So let me give it to you real quick. The first story is about a boss that's going away on on a business trip. And before he goes, he pulls in two of his key workers and he gives them instruction Uh, about him being gone and how he wants them waiting for him when he he wants them to be ready for when he gets back. And so while he's gone, you know, of course, while the cat's away, the mice will play. So the one guy, he's the mouse, and he's just goofing off, he's partying. The other guy really follows his boss's uh, counsel, and he's, he's ready for when the boss returns and the boss catches him ready while he catches the mouse playing. And and so the the teaching that Jesus offered is that we should be expectantly ready when Jesus returns. And then he tells another story about a wedding party that was waiting for the wedding to start. And the key lesson there was that we should be patiently waiting. So expectantly ready, patiently waiting. And then he tells a third story about what you do while you're patiently waiting waiting. And so I'm going to jump into this story, but let me set it up for you. He tells a story about another another boss. And he says that uh, this boss is getting ready to go on a trip, similar to the first story. And uh, he pull, this time he pulls three workers in, all of them really good workers, and he gives them all a significant amount of money uh, in biblical times called talents. So imagine a talent worth about 1.2 million dollars. So to one employer, uh, employee, he gives five talents, so think about it, about six million dollars. To another, he gives two talents, about two and a half million dollars, and to the third, he gives one talent, about 1.2 million dollars. And then he goes away on the trip, and after a long time, so let's jump into the story here, it's recorded by Matthew, it says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts. He came back, said, okay, tell me what you did. And uh, he settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five bags of gold, the five talents, brought the other brought him another five. So, hey, if you're an employee, employer, and you, you give, you entrust to one of your workers uh, six million dollars, and when you go away on a trip, and then when you get back, they bring you the six million, and they bring you six million more? He goes, yes, master, he said, you entrusted in me five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. What are you gonna say? Well, let's jump into the story. His master replied, well done, good job. This is better than Dogecoin. Um, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Wait, what? Six million dollars. He said, yeah, you've been faithful with a few things. How much money do you have? I don't know, I'm just thinking. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The key is this. We gotta refocus our focus on what true winning means. And this is where Jesus is driving at. So so many people are climbing the ladder of success that's leaning against the wrong wall. You want to to win at life? Diligently work while patiently waiting. Diligently work while you patiently wait. There it is. You're going to win at life because you're going to win at the right things if you're diligently working while you're patiently waiting. Waiting, And so Jesus is challenging us that we should be expectantly ready, patiently waiting, and diligently working. So to Christians, he says, you don't just sit around going, "Hmm, I hope someday Jesus comes back. No, you should be diligently working. But to those who are diligently working, but are not Christians, they're not even bothering expectantly, they're not even expectantly ready for when the master returns. So here's what happens. You have a lot of people who are going through life and they're winning at the wrong things. And they don't really truly feel like they're winning because they're winning at the wrong things, and so they're getting frustrated, and so they have to go from one win to the next win because they're always trying to fill a deep void in their heart that no win will ever satisfy. Why? Because there's something fundamentally broken inside of every one of us that no matter what you win at, you always feel like you're losing. This is why you could be a Hollywood star. This is why you could be a multi-millionaire. You could be a multi-billionaire. This is why you can achieve the highest levels of power and position and be frustrated and angry and miserable and disappointed and have zero quality of life. Because no matter what you win at, you always feel like you're losing. So how do you truly win at life? You refocus your focus on what is true winning. So Jesus teaches a story about a master, who, a, a, a boss, who goes away, entrusts valuable resources to his servants and says, I'm going to come back. Well, who's the master? In the story, it's referring to God himself. God has entrusted to us the precious resources of life and the responsibility of living our life, winning it, but he's going to come again. And then we're going to be judged, just like in the story. We're going to be evaluated for our performance in this life. And we're going to be judged. And it's going to be determined whether we lived well and winning or not. And so here's what Jesus did. He made a way for us to live winning by coming and giving his life on the cross. He died to take on our self-sabotaging losing. Every one of us who are living a losing track record. And the losses start to pile up. No matter what you win at, it always feels like a loss because we're focused on the wrong kind of winning. Our winning is about us. It's selfishness. It's pride. It's doing what we want for our own benefit. And even when we help others, we wanna see how, did you notice what I did? Sin sabotages our best intentions and sets us up for a life of failure and eternal judgment. And so Jesus came, not just to teach principles, but to teach us the way and then make a way for us to live a winning life. He died on a cross to absorb our eternal judgment, to take on our eternal death sentence. He gave his life to give us new and forever life. And then he rose from the dead and in his resurrection, he doesn't just make a way. He gives us the power to overcome death so that life doesn't end in death. Death ends in forever life. He gives us the power to overcome the strength of sin so that we no longer live a life where we're sabotaging true winning. When we believe in Jesus by faith, we are both forgiven and given new and forever life. If you want to live winning, it begins through faith. In Jesus. In fact, can I encourage you to make that commitment right now? Would you would you let us know that you're making that commitment? Simply text the name Jesus to 81411. And, and what we're gonna do is we're just gonna follow up to you real quick. We're gonna send you a quick link to give you some resources, and then one of our pastors wants to quickly connect with you just to help you as you begin this new journey with God. Here's what happens. Listen to me, this is pivotal. Because you can spend your whole life trying to live winning. But without faith in Jesus Christ, every win will feel like a loss. It won't actually lead to a winning life because your ladder is always against the wrong wall. So the only way to move your ladder to the right kind of wall is through faith in Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ and the ladder becomes against the right wall, what wall is it against? Eternity. You begin to work for, live for, focus on what matters for. Eternity when the master returns, when God returns, when time is no more, and the end, the end of this life comes to a conclusion, or the end comes, and now we're living only in the forever life. So I'm the, the when the ladder is against my life and living for myself, living for this lifetime, I, it doesn't matter what I win at, it's always leading to a loss. But when I move my ladder against the wall of eternity, I begin to work for, live for, everything that's focused on eternity. Here's the key. When I begin to focus on eternity, the principle works. The principle of diligently working while patiently waiting. If you're diligently working, but not patiently waiting, the principle will work, but you won't work it. Let me say it again. If you're diligently working, but not patiently waiting, the principle will work, but you won't work it. Why? Because you'll be working for this life. You'll be working only for what matters right now and not for what's coming later and not what is coming in forever. The principle only works, and it works best when you're diligently working for later and forever because you're patiently waiting for later and forever. Okay, now with that, let me unpack this briefly, give you a couple key principles on how to live, diligently working while patiently waiting. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for and working for eternity. You're waiting to stand before God and hear this. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, he says this twice. The one servant comes, brings him the five talents, the five bags of gold, the $6 million dollars, Here's what you gave me. Here's five more talents. Here's five more bags of gold. Here's another $6 million. Well done, good and faithful servant. The second uh, employee comes and says, you gave me two talents. Here's two more, $2.5 million. Here's another $2.5 million. And the master says the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what the key to this is? What's the principle of diligently working while patiently working? Waiting. It means being good, not just doing good. Being good, not just doing good. You can do good, but if you're not being good, you will corrupt the good that you're doing. And if you claim to be good, but you're not doing good, you are a hypocrite. Being good means you will do good. So what's, what's the key? I'm gonna give you a little quick equation on living, winning. Purity plus humility equals destiny. This is being good. Humility means it's not about me, and then I will fulfill my destiny. All right, follow me here. I have to have a pure heart, which means I'm being good. I have to not make the focus about myself, so I'm not being driven by selfishness. And when I have a pure heart, Walking in humility, I will fulfill the destiny of God for my life. Being good, not just doing good. And so within LifeHouse and within the LifeHouse leadership culture, we define being good as this, right? So he, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. And, and so here's what we recognize, that everybody is entrusted with certain talents. Remember I told you a story about the psychologist Anders Erickson, who went and found these elite Um, students who have been accepted into this violinist academy, right? And you had to have a basic level of talent, right? You got to get into the academy. And I kind of make the joke about like, what Daniel needs is both talent and hard work. Every one of, so some of you that stings, because you start to feel insecure. I don't know, do I have any talent? What am I good at? And you start to mope and whine. No, stop it. Every one of you have talent because every one of you have gifts from God that make you exceptional. You are extraordinary if you do what God's called you to do. Now, I don't know if this quote is truly from Einstein, but he said, if, if a fish is measured, if the success of a fish is measured by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its whole life feeling like a failure. Right? Like, so the challenge is, some of you, God designed to be a fish and you're trying to climb a tree and you're frustrated and you're beating yourself up and you're letting others beat you up. Right? you got to recognize what is my unique talent, what is my unique gift in this. So we call it calling. You're uniquely gifted by God and passionately motivated to do this. Then do it with all of your heart. Give it your best effort. Hard work. Okay, that's calling. Being good. Discover your calling and live out your calling. Calling, character. Am I not just doing good, but am I being good? Am I walking in integrity, in honesty, in purity, in humility? So focus on becoming good, not just doing good, because God's calling in your life will take you further than right now. Your character can sustain. If God gave you your entire calling right now, it would destroy you. Trust me, God wants to do more through your life than you are ready for him to do. God wants to give you more. God wants to do more through you. God wants to fulfill the dreams that he's put in you more than you want him to. (laughs) what's going to get in the way is your character. You becoming good. All right, so calling, character, chemistry. Chemistry is your ability to get along with people. right? You want to be good? Learn how to develop good people skills. Be nice. Stop being so mean. Stop being rude. Would you stop it on social media? You're hurting people, and then you wonder why your, your dreams are being sabotaged. Just stop it. Don't be mean, be nice. Develop good people skills. Learn how to deal with conflict appropriately. Stop lashing out and wondering why you're getting fired every time. Okay, develop good people skills. Learn how to get along well with people. That's chemistry. Um, Competency. You have to actually develop this. You have to learn how to swing the bat. You gotta learn how to pick up the, the wedge and hit make the stroke. You gotta learn how to actually drive the car. You have to develop the skills. Well, how do you develop skills? Work hard and be teachable. The key to competency is teachability. There are so many people that are not teachable that they cannot become what God's called them to become. And then the final thing that we evaluate when we look at being good is a custodial heart. Recognizing that your calling is not about you. You are a servant of God. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. A custodial heart means that I recognize I am a servant of God. Therefore, I serve people. I don't serve myself and when you become self-serving you will sabotage God's best in fact the third employee came back with his one talent but the man who had received the one talent went off dug a hole in the ground and hid it hid his master's money and so he came back to the master and he said here is the talent you gave me and the master said you wicked servant Everything we plant, will produce a harvest. And this guy dug a hole and he planted the master's money. He didn't work it. And you know what he was planting? He was planting pride. He was planting selfishness. He was planting comparison and competition. And when you put pride in the ground, it will produce the fruit of pride. Know this, every action, every activity, every thought, every motivation is something you plant in the ground. And when he dug that hole and he put that talent in the ground, was planting his own ego. He was planting his own selfishness. He was planting competition and comparison, and he produced out of himself nothing but destruction and ruin. What does the master look for? Let me read it again. Well done, good and faithful servant. What does this mean? It means diligently working while patiently waiting means keep going. If you want to just summarize, just this. Keep going. Stay the course. Don't quit. This is endurance training, right? Like endurance training is (laughs) every run is necessary to build strength for the next run. Don't quit only a couple runs in. Right, like you want to you want to keep diligently working while patiently waiting. All it requires is just don't quit, don't give up today. Don't be don't bury it in the ground and say, I can't, I won't. Does God even care? Does God even notice? No, the key is patient endurance. Keep going. Patient waiting, patient expectation. This isn't idle waiting, it's active waiting, it's patient endurance. Let's jump back in the story. Then the man who had received the one bag of gold came to him and said, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid the gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. What motivated this guy to bury it in the ground? What he planted produced a harvest that he did not want. What motivated him? He did not have faith in the character of the master. Being full of faith makes us faithful. When you are full of faith in God, it will make you faithful to God. So you know what we have to do? I'm going to diligent, in order to diligently work, I have to become full of faith, which makes me faithful. God will always do a great work in us before he does a great work through us. I have to trust God. What what did the the wicked servant do? What did the servant who only brought the one back? He said he transferred what he wanted, results without hard work. He wanted reward without having to put in the effort. He comes to the master, here's what you got. You're a hard man, You, you you want results, Without having to work for it. He transferred his lack of character onto the master. And so often we transfer our lack of character onto God and blame God for our broken heart. We blame God for our broken character. We blame God for our broken integrity and then wonder why we're not living winning. For the, for the, mas- for the, for the employees, the servants that saw the master, As somebody who had entrusted significant responsibilities into them, what did, what happened? Here we go. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. What was the key? Diligent work will always be rewarded by God. Let me read that again. Because some of you are having a hard time holding on to this. Diligent work will always be rewarded by God. When you take a a bold step of faith, your God who is faithful will never let you down. When you're diligently working for God, he will always reward that. You won't get the reward necessarily in this life, but I promise you, I promise you because God promised you that you will always be rewarded for the diligent work that's driven patient waiting meaning you're living in expectation you're living ready for God's return and therefore you're working diligently until he returns so I'm confident that I will be rewarded the master says you've been faithful with a little six million dollars here I'm gonna put you in charge of a lot so many times you see what you have and you think it's just a little bit. Not recognizing what God can do with the little that he's given you. Your resources, your responsibilities, your relationships, the talents, the calling, the gifts that God's given you, they're, they're worth, in the, in the eyes of, king, of the kingdom of God, they are an invaluable resource. But God wants to do so much more in you and through you than you can ever imagine. You don't know what little moment, what little seed will become something significant in eternity. Which conversation with a cashier? A waiter or a waitress? Stopping on the side of the road to help someone out? Caring for a next door neighbor? A phone call? A text? Giving just a little, but giving what you've got. You don't know which of those little moments is something significant in eternity. So what do you do? Be good. Be faithful. Don't give up. Don't quit. Recognize that what God wants to do in your life and through your life is more significant than you can ever imagine. Why are we here? Because because we want to know God. We want to believe in Jesus Christ by faith and live to worship him. We want to find family. We want to live in community and in relationship. You're, you're both needed and known. You could, be on a, you could be on a dream team serving within the church, and you can get in a life group where you're connected and you belong, right? And we want to make a difference. We want, to, we want to give so that the world is changed, and then we want to go out and serve and live a, a life of outreach and, and generosity so that the world around us is changed. We're called to make a difference. Why? Here's why. John fifteen eight. This is to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples, that your life produces something so significant that others notice the winning in your life and recognize that you are a child of God. You just got to make sure you're winning at the right things, that your, your ladder's leaning against the wall of eternity rather than against your own ego or against right now. So, how do I do that? I'm going to diligently work, while I'm patiently waiting. Take a moment, I want to pray over you. I hope my prayer has been leading up to this message. Something would be planted in your heart, a word, an illustration, a challenge I gave. It'll plant in your heart, and it'll begin to transform you. That seed will begin to grow in your life, and it'll produce significant fruit for the glory of God. Jesus, would you take the words that I've shared, the principles that you gave us, and would you begin to plant them in the hearts of everyone who's here, so that their life, the life ladder, is leaning against the wall of eternity through faith in Jesus Christ. And they begin to live the kind of life that leads to transformation, that leads to not just diligent work, but to show you off in their life. Show us that one area of our life right now that we need to surrender to you so that we begin to diligently work while we patiently wait. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.